Bonjour, and welcome to the Amateur Detective Club. This club is exactly how it sounds. A bunch of amateurs talking about their favorite mysteries. So if you encounter a real mystery or a murder, contact the proper authorities. Do not come to us. We do not know what we are doing. But enjoy the program. Allons-y. Let us begin. Good evening. <laughs> I now call this meeting of the amateur. Don't. Wh why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? I just said good evening. You ruined it. I'm just trying to start the podcast. Oh, and you're laughing. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> good evening. I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order my name is Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth. And I, Melissa Maley, the spy. Today's show, you can listen to on the Scavengers Network. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com and check out all the finery they have there. Podcasts, video content, all sorts of weird little things. Check it out. If you like this enough to give us money, go to patreon.com slash adcpod. We try to post the episodes early. Sometimes we don't because our life is weird. I'm Ira Glass, and this is America. <laughs> this is this is American life. You can find us on social media at ADC Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Shaking it up. We're unlike other. We're not like other podcasts. We do the plugs up front because we will forget about them. <laughs> um, what? What? <laughs> What about the good evening got you? Like, I don't know. You just weren't expecting it? What was no, it? It was just very serious. Oh, yeah, yeah. I okay. can be serious. Mm, yeah, you can. You can. Yeah. It's true. But I don't like to be. No. It's kind of boring. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk to you about Star Trek, I guess. Normally, we talk more at the top of the show to just kind of say hi, hello, but... We've covered everything. Yeah, we've we have no new things happening ever. No, not at all. But what's really exciting about this is it is not yet nine PM. Hell yeah. So we, we're better. Yeah. Um, we're getting there. When you were in preschool, oh. did you have to did you ever sing a song that goes, Hi, hello, and how are you? How are you? Maybe. Because when I was working at Kids Club, we would. And I was always wondering, like, I always wondered what was, like, branded content for that. And oh, what sure. was just, like, there's a, you know, a nursery rhyme, you know. I only have very vague memories of preschool. Mm. And one that was just a story that was told to me about me later that I yeah. have repeated. Because... Okay, I guess I'm gonna tell it. Yeah, uh, I mean you can't just say that. I'll give you a story from that I was told when I was a little kid. Right. Yeah. After this, uh, then I have another thing I want to talk about. It came to me. Apparently, one day I went into my nursery school when I was three years old, and I said, "I'm so aggravated." <laughs> Ideal. Yeah. I have a similar story, and this is because of Star Wars. Star Wars teaches you a lot of big words. Sure. Um, we were doing some task, and I said, ah, yes, and that gives us an advantage. And my mom, and I was like eight, <laughs> and she was like, where did you? I'm like, 
Qui-Gon says it in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Did I use the word wrong? She's like, no, but it's weird to hear an eight-year-old say, ah, yes, this gives us a distinct advantage. Um, <laughs> but when I was like four or whatever, I had <laughs> every... Everyone thought this was so funny at the time, but then eventually it became mortifying. Um, I had taken, I had bathed one sure. way or the other. Uh-huh. And rather than wrap myself in a towel, like and like all our relatives were over, I just decided I'm going to run fully buck naked yeah. to my room as one does as a child. Yeah. But rather than go try to sneak, like just do it so fast, I shouted as loud as I could, don't look at me! <laughs> Which I, that's a mood. <laughs> that is exactly my entire personality is being, doing something embarrassing in public and then shouting, don't look at me. <laughs> that's my whole vibe that's as a human great. being. Yeah. The other thing I, that came into mind, I've been watching Terrace House. Yes, you have. And you have never seen the show, correct? I've seen a few minutes of one episode, maybe. Why or... only that? I don't know. Okay. You it's weren't not... like, ew. No, not the Japanese. I... I'm racist. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, certainly not that. No, I think How it was just... the the in front of any ethnic group makes it sound worse? I think it's because historically, when people have said it that mm. way, it is... It has been meant worse. It also does dehumanize a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're like, even if you're like the English, it has like the British. <laughs> it's all, it still seems no, it, mean yeah. and demeaning. Or like if you're like oh, the Dutch. And you're like, wait, why are you mad at the Dutch? But anyway, well, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, my, step, my stepfather is Dutch. So you can say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I talked over the reason you didn't want to you didn't get into Terrace House and I want to actually get a answer before we forget and move on. I think I just was not in the right mode to start mm. it at, okay. at the time. Yeah, sometimes I've gotten better about this. But, you know, sometimes I'm just not focusing. Sorry, and what were you saying? I wasn't paying attention. Oh. Yeah, and and so I'll I won't really start a show. Like I've seen one episode of Fleabag and I know it's very good. I have heard it all is. good things and I just, I watched the one and I'm like, mm-hmm, I'll get to it later. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to someone who still hasn't seen any of Ted Lasso season two just because I've not been in the mood. Yeah, that's wild. It's just like, I don't, I don't want this right now. And it's nothing wrong with the show. I, the ending has been spoiled for me, quote unquote. Or oh, I know the ending and I think it's a great choice and I love it very yeah, it's much. It's really good. It's good storytelling. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm interested to see how that goes. Because a lot of people are very upset when they learn something about a thing they haven't watched yet. Yeah. I'm not, I'm generally not one of those people. I, I, I will still watch it. I won't get like indignant and like, ah, oh, well, forget this then. Yeah, that's stupid. That's yeah. a bad attitude to have. Because I also like seeing how a thing plays out. Yeah. Can like, I tell you a spoiler for the first episode of Ted Lasso? Yeah. Like the first three minutes of it that yeah. Ted dies, if you can believe it. <laughs> uh that you'll have to cut out because just in oh, case. Oh sure, yeah. Uh I'm gonna bleep it out. Great. So So today we're talking about Star Trek 
Deep Space Nine, season two, episode eight. Mm-hmm. Necessary Evil. Yes. This came out a number of years ago. 1993. I was, oh, I'm going to cut that out because I don't want anyone to know. I was redacted years old. <laughs> That's right. We're both 26. Yep. Forever. forever. Uh, never not. I've never. Here's the thing. I've never not been 26. I out of my mother's womb, a 26 year old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I screamed, don't look at me. Because I knew <laughs> as I came out. The birth canal, don't look at me, don't look at me, I'm hideous, I'm hideous. Yep, yep. Uh, so, we open that's, on... That's such a good burn, this motherfucker has such low self-esteem that out of the birth canal they said, don't look at me. That's a uh-huh. good slam, I'm going to try go. and remember that. Uh-huh. Anyway. So, we open on, like, a really fantastic room. A very... Not noir, but what, gothic feeling? I don't know. it Because it, it's very, like, dark and stormy night, cur- I, gauzy curtains. I would call it um, American gothic. Yeah. American gothic, but it is also in the style of a noir. The dialogue is, this whole episode is. Yeah. In the style of a noir. And it's also, specifically, this scene is. Oh, my goodness. And it's There are candles everywhere. She's wearing... Okay, so there's a Bajoran woman we've never met before wearing a really cool jumpsuit. She's wearing, like, a bodysuit with, like, a cape. Yeah, yeah. It's real... It's... Here, I'm I'm rewinding so you can see... uh, uh, Tristan and I are watching this on ipad for a moment oh yeah yeah no, she has the elsa costume on <laughs> basically it's elsa's costume that she transforms she has that kind of cape yeah she has pants maybe i thought yeah, it was a pants. dress initially um yeah i just noticed um her hair is very done up um but they are on bejour in her home i hardly know her and she is talking to quark this might be the only time quark goes to bejour in the series is that right? I'm pro. I don't know. Someone who knows Star Trek better than me. I feel like it can't be right, but it must be because I, I can't might... think of another instance of him doing he it. He goes to Ferenginar and to I think to Kronos even. During... He does go to Kronos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, we see him on Bajor. I would love this. to see a Ferengi and a Klingon fall in love. Well, I mean, it almost happens. Uh, there's like a whole Casanova episode where Quark tries to win back his ex-wife, or his Klingon ex-wife, and I know. Worf is like you telling him what that. to say. <laughs> oh, it's Cyrano. Yes, Cyrano, not Casanova. That's right. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. So I just, I, you know, I had a memory that I repressed and mm-hmm. then now yeah. I wish for something that already exists. It happens all the time. Yeah. That's actually kind of a fun episode. I remember, now that you mention it, I remember really liking Quark's my favorite character. Worf is my favorite character. Of course, I like that episode. Yeah. I like the weirdos. I like people that don't make sense within a social group. This woman. He's so fun. This woman is talking to Quark about a couple of years ago. uh, Her husband was killed. Murdered, if you can believe it. Murdered. And... He said, she says to him, listen, can you go get this 
thing that's in Deep Space Nine, like in the wall or whatever. Can yeah. you like get this package for and deliver it to me? I'll give you some latinum and uh, very suggestively uh, implies yeah. she might do some other stuff for him. And he like rubs his ears, which is a Ferengi erogenous zone. Which so. is like weird. You know, like I was thinking about that when it happened. She like, inf- like some sort of sexual favor is right. implied. And then he touches his ears, which is an erogenous zone, which is like if someone were to suggest that like, hey, you know, I'll do so. And then you were to like grope yourself or it's, like or gently touch your and I'm like that's what a pervert. So it's really interesting because they get away with so much ear touching on uh-huh, this show. Uh-huh. Cuz there's lots of times when someone's trying to manipulate Quark in particular most of the time. But mm. other Ferengi's on this show as well where they'll just go up and rub their ears and it's like are they having an actual orgasm right now like i feel like we got away with a lot because their ears i think so too i also think that like physiologically they're it's fundamentally different yes in as much as like the reason that ears are erogenous zones is because their ears are incredibly sensitive in general so if you like yell into them they, they 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 can't handle it right but it is also very strange yes it is a very weird a weird thing Weird horny Star Trek is back. It's it's erotic. Okay. Okay. All right. Eventually we'll get for, through the yeah. first two minutes of the show. Uh, mm. <laughs> so, should we start over? No, I don't think we should start over, but like, let me take the wheel for a second. So they're All having right. a conversation. She says, hey, my dead husband has something hidden away in Deep Space Nine in the store that used to be the chemical store. It was mm-hmm. the chemists. Now it is Garrick's clothing shop. I need you to go sneak in in three panels over, five up. There is a compartment. I just remembered it. Okay. Um, <laughs> where you can cut through it and there's a box. I need you to bring the box to me. Do not open the box. Just bring it to me and I'll give you five bars of latinum for this. And yeah. maybe tug you off <laughs> maybe i'll rub your ears a little bit sure and then he goes sounds like a good deal sweetie and then he beams back up to ds <laughs> yeah he says i'll have it done in a day or two yeah but and the after whole... quark is gone uh a bajoran man mm-hmm. appears from around a corner and a light flashes yeah because there's um Thunder and lightning because there's a storm and her power has gone out. And that's why it's so dramatic. And that's why there are candles everywhere. And the whole scene, the dialogue is really fun because it is such like a noir sort of thing. And I like they finish each other's sentences. It's mm-hmm. all very ooh. And it's, yeah. it's a very, very fun scene. And both the actors knock it out of the park. Oh, yeah. It's it's great. Armin Shimmerman. He knows exactly what he's doing. Is so good as quark so good as quark uh so then we're back at deep space nine and we uh we're talking to we're talking to odo odo is there odo's doing his log oh odo is doing his first security report log which benjamin sisko has requested he start doing he hasn't been doing them up until this point right 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 yes. and he's like i don't understand why humans have to write everything down i remember things just fine but here we go and so he's basically 
not exactly kvetching about it, but like they're setting up that he's going to have a monologue for the rest of the episode, basically. Right, right. So he can do his his noir thing, basically, yes. essentially. Uh, um, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not clumsy, but it is like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Quark then is connecting with his brother, Rum. Connecting. Uh, they're bonding. Yeah brotherly it's a meeting you know how you connect with someone sometimes you're just meeting them like "Ah, i connected with them in the airport i will say i make a connecting flight in the airport i don't know i'll say i'll say i'll connect with you about this if it's a business meeting i would never say to my sibling i we should connect over mom's birthday i'd be like (laughs) you're not wrong but it was fascinating just because he's his brother, that's it. He's talking to his brother. Sometimes a synonym comes to my mind mm. for something that does have a better uh, yeah, word, yeah. but but that's the one that happens first. So, Rom, we talked about in our last episode yes. that he was a completely different character in when he was first introduced in Deep Space Nine. And then this is much more his... Because he literally starts talking like this. Like, it's very interesting. It's not quite his final vocal inflection, but it's much closer. It's not quite his final form. Right. But they're sneaking into the shop, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They are. And Quark says, keep lookout. I'm going to hack the security system. And basically, Rom is like, oh, I can do it faster than you. He's like, why? Because you sometimes I have to get into the storeroom when you're not there. I can do it in 10 seconds. He goes, you break into the storm room and you can do it in 10 seconds. Like you're gone a lot, actually. So I have to do it a lot. Yeah. And he gets very, Quark gets very upset because he is, then later accuses his brother stealing from him. Yeah. Which is like so indicative of Quark. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that moment Mm -hmm. because I wanted to hear your thoughts about this. I feel like we all know someone who projects their own personality flaws onto everybody else oh yeah and this is why i love quark because Mm. he is so aware of his own flaws his own conniving nature that he assumes everyone else is that way yes i also think that this is a common ferengi culture thing yes like a lot of brothers would steal from yeah yeah exactly so very driven by money and profit. That is mm-hmm. the story we get from this show. Uh, so they get the box and Quark is like, great, I'm going to open it. I gotta see what's in there. Morgan Freeman goes, don't open that box. Oh, yeah. And then Brad Pitt goes, what's in the box? What's in the box? Right. We've all seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Court comes out into the bar and is met by the man who had appeared out of the shadows, the Bajoran man in the previous scene. Yeah. And he has a phaser. Yeah. And he says, yeah, she knew you weren't going to be able to resist reading it. And then the guy phasers Quark and and gets the list and gets out of there. Yeah, because there's a piece of paper in the box. Yeah, did we not say? No. Okay, it was a piece of paper with a list of names on it. Yes, there's a piece of paper with a list of names on it. 
and also right before this is again further the noir theme of this episode Mm -hmm. the guy with the phaser goes um i'm sorry and and cord goes yeah me too and Mm -hmm. then he gets shot and thrown across the room oh yeah it's point blank range Mm -hmm. what would normally be a deadly shot except for the fact that he's a main character (laughs) exactly but rom comes in screaming that his brother is dead uh and even more so later in the series, but we do find out that Rom is a pretty soft-hearted guy. Yeah. Uh, very caring. Uh, very unlike most Ferengi. Mm-hmm. Um, he, for- he forms a union. Yes. He's not Ferengi-minded at all. No. Uh, I like Rom a lot. Yeah, Rom is great. Uh, did you know... So here's the fun bit of trivia. Ooh. So there's me. <laughs> there is a baseball episode. Yes. Right. Called Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. Yes. Uh, and part of the story is that Rom is terrible at it, but Ridley wants to play. Mm-hmm. Max Grudenchik, who plays Rom, was the best baseball player on the it That's like in, in the entire uh, cast. And he couldn't managed to play badly enough he like had to use his opposite hand that's fascinating yeah that's wonderful yeah that's one of my favorite episodes it's a really fun episode that is i think at ds9 does i think ds9 does i wouldn't necessarily holodeck episodes but like one-offs better than any of the other series where we're just doing like here's a gimmick and that's the whole thing because there's more to pull from yeah, yeah. Because at a certain point, Miles and Julian start like doing war reenactments, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I it mean, it's pretty they wild. Talk, they talk about the war reenactments, but we don't really see the war reenactments. We do see them do like Vic Fontaine stuff, and uh, I forgive me, I'm thinking of a different thing. Uh, um, not not the war reenactments is DS Nine, but I completely disagree with the thing i just said the best holodeck episodes are in fact voyager again i'm mia culpa there's they do some wild things that i'm looking forward to hearing you your your viewing experience about okay all right sorry to interrupt what you're saying please continue with the that's okay anyway it's just really fun that i i love that he was just so good at it. But it's like wild that they didn't try to use it more in the episode. You, you would think that they yeah. would have been like, okay, so in the middle of the episode, all of a sudden Rom gets good. Yeah. Does he get good at any point during that? No. No, which sucks. I, that's the thing you're expecting and what you want. Right. It's, Why wouldn't they let him do that? It's still a very fun episode, but For like, sure. yeah. Why wouldn't they let him do that? And there's other th- certain things. Um, that like certain members of the cast were like really good at that they just didn't or or like Julian for instance in that episode so Bashir is genetically altered and they don't they don't like even make him be a great baseball player or anything which is weird because he's you know they're always talking about how he has to stand further away from the dartboard Mm -hmm. you'd think the same thing would apply to pitching 
Yeah. Anyway. Um, but Avery Brooks has a nice singing voice, and they do make use of that a couple times in he the does. series. And he plays the piano really well. Oh. Yeah. I don't think they use that part. but I don't think they do either. Um, they do have him sing a couple times, though. So we go to... Uh, we're somehow, I think, in sick bay now. And Bashir has gotten him up. No, we're still in the bar. What is hap- What is this space? It's too light. It's okay. It's part of the bar. But this part of the bar, it's too light to feel like it's actually quarks. Okay, so that part of the bar, since it's at an up angle, you're seeing the fluorescent lights that are above the bar, that light behind the bar. Yeah. And also the reason it's contrasted with the rest of the bar is because the rest of it, since it's after hours, none of the other lights are on. So it seems brighter than it normally would. It's su- it's super strange. Like, I uh, yeah. have, I just watched this series, and I'm like, where are they? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So... It's a weird, it's an angle that we've never seen before and I don't uh, think ever see again. No, I mean, I recognize it from n- now, like a certain angle, but like, yeah, it just, it was lit in such a way that I'm like, where is this? It's it, very are we strange. In bay? No. Okay. So they've gotten to, cause Bashir is standing over Quark and he's asking Rom questions and saying, you know, who's this person? What kind of phaser was this? And, you know, trying to figure out how to treat him. And he's like, okay, this is all consistent. Great, we gotta get him to surgery because mm-hmm. otherwise he'll die. Um, so Odo is in detective mode and he's asking, he? Yeah, he, he kind of at the end, like he's always head of security, but he kind of falls out of like very detective y mode. But it also, this episode is especially very like detective-y. very detective y. Very hard-boiled detective. Very, I've seen some things. Yeah. You yeah. know. See, if if you give Odo an Irish accent, you do get Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have a particular set of skills, and that's changing into different things. <laughs> so he's, he's quizzing... Quizzing is uh, the new name for interviewing um, or grilling, even interrogating. Yeah. He's raking Rom over the coals, (laughs) if you can believe it. Yeah. And wow, look at that angle. It's just he looks so much taller than him. Uh, Um, Yeah, that's because they have both of those on the two actors in the they're on boxes. Oh, yeah. And they've done a really good job. There's a couple of moments in Melissa has just commented on a shot because, you know, Ferengi are shorter than um, humans. Mm hmm. And so they have them towering over Rom while they're interrogating him. There's a couple of beautiful shots where Odo leans in to frame and leans out of frame. Yeah. It's very funny. I feel like they don't do, they don't keep it like this uh, for the rest of the series. Not as much. No. no. It's kind of like how in Fellowship of the Ring, a huge fuss is made about like how ho- small the hobbits are. Yeah. And then you kind of forget it by two towers. Yeah. <laughs> because they're not interacting with anyone else who's a normal size. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden you're like, oh no, wait, wait a minute, actually. <laughs> right, yeah. No, they, I, and I think that maybe part of the reason that uh, Rom hunches a bit, he, he t- hunches through the whole series, you know, after the initial episode where he's doing nothing similar um, <laughs> to what he's doing now. But I think maybe it was born out of trying to look shorter. Um, whereas Quark always holds himself as tall as he can, but he's not a particularly tall man. He, he is not. I'm going to look up his exact height. Mm-hmm. 
because he might be be who Randy Newman is singing about. <laughs> uh, yes. So Odo's trying to get information out of Rom, and uh, Rom is telling him pretty much what happened. Eventually, he does come out with the whole story. Uh, but at first, he's trying to protect his brother and uh, not mm-hmm. reveal what he what the man stole yes. from him. But eventually, Odo gets it out of him. Yeah. Um, and... And Odo also brings up, initially, his tactic is to make Rom feel worried that he is suspected because the brother would inherit the bar. Yes. And so he's like, no, 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 I wouldn't. And then all of a sudden, a light bulb goes off in Rom's mind, and he goes, oh, I could have this bar? Yeah. I could be successful? Yeah. And so we kind of get an attitude shift from Rom there. Um, Armin Shimmerman is 5'6", so not that short, actually. Like a below average height for a man, but not like Danny DeVito size. Right? No, no, no. He's like, I expected him to be like five three, five four. Oh, really? No, I yeah. five six sounds about right for what I what I thought. He also does. He carries himself tall in the show. He does. Uh, so yeah. he also gets a couple extra inches because of the head, the the giant. Oh head yeah. They, they put on my man. Yes. Uh. So now Odo understands what this guy was try- was looking for. Yeah. Uh, that when he he phasered Quark and he realizes it's about this murder investigation that he looked into when he was um when the Cardassians were still occupying Pajor. Yeah. And the reason he figures this out is that he goes this is the chemist shop. You know, this is the shop that where it was. And he goes, oh, this used to be the chemist shop. And there's a really freaking cool transition mm-hmm. where he puts in the code to open the door and it opens and then it's a flashback. I was yeah. like, nice. Well done. Yeah. The language of cinema. Who directed this episode? Mm, I'll check. Thanks. Uh, but yes, so we're in a flashback now and we see uh, Odo walking in. For a meeting that was requested by Gul Dukat, the former head of the station. Former, current, in the flashback. Yes. Former, real-time, current, in flashback. And Gul Dukat is a Cardassian, you know, basically a government leader of the Cardassians. Um, who controlled the station before, and the Cardassians and the Bajorans had been in a terrible war where the Cardassians were uh, really, really oppressing the Bajorans and uh, trying to take over their entire planet. So this is directed by James L. Conway. Okay. Who has directed for Next Generation, Voyager, DS9, Enterprise, um, and most recently, The Orville, which is Mm -hmm. perfect. All of that tracks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's a, he's a vet. Mm Mm-hmm. He know how Star Trek do it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, so Gul Dukat in this scene is asking Odo, uh, who is, as we mentioned in the last episode, if you listened, uh, a 
shapeshifter. He's a little goo boy. He's made of goo. Right. He's like, you remember Gak? Yes. He's Gak. <laughs> He's Gak. He's Gak. Uh, Odo is Gak. So Golducott wants Odo to investigate this murder. Yes, because he figures a shapeshifter would be a good investigator because you can get in anywhere, look like other people, et cetera, et cetera. Currently, Odo is uh, has recently broken his bonds of being an entertainment piece for the Cardassians and the Bajorans by being forced to shapeshift into different stuff, basically. Yeah. Basically, they have him as a circus freak. And then he's recently, he ran away from that and is now living on the station. Right. Uh, and Ducat thinks that the Bajorans will also talk to him more mm. willingly because he is not a Cardassian. That is also true. Yeah. Have you seen the fan-made poster of keeping up with the Cardassians? No. It's very good. Yeah. Of course, I think about it all the time. Like, the fact that the... Yeah. Yeah. Name sounds so similar. They it does. It sounds so similar, and I can't. I had a hard time taking them seriously because of it at the beginning of this, mm. this show. I was like, "Yeah, okay." Where's Kim K? <laughs> Where is she? Um. Well, I feel like my biggest introduction to them. I think we had met them before, but it was in the TNG episode where they torture Picard. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I always forget that's them. Uh huh. They're mean. Yeah. They're like very bad, in fact. The government, of course. The citizens, you know. Yeah, I mean, how complicit are citizens in what the government does? Ooh, it's too late to interrogate that. And this is not the venue. This is, yeah, I know. Don't talk. I We both have degrees in performing arts. Don't talk. I to, have a degree in psychology, too. I know, but that's not political science, is it? It's something. It is something. It's certainly more than I have. I have book learning. I have no book learning. I have street smarts. I know how. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know how to read. I don't know how to type. Anyway, but yeah, no, you're you're absolutely more well educated than I am. But I know where to grab a snake in case so it doesn't bite you. Do you know how to hypnotize a bird, Melissa? I don't know how to hypnotize a bird. <laughs> if you grab a bird, you put his little head between your your um, pointer and your middle finger, and you turn it upside down, it will zone out. <laughs> And just, like, let you do whatever you want to it. And, like, that's how they, like, put the little bands around it. Oh, okay. And, like, you know, if you have, if it has something caught, it's generally used for good. Like, yeah. Like, for tracking tags. And then you can literally just throw the bird into the air. It'll wake it's up like, and fly oh. away. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sick. <laughs> Looks like I'm in the sky. <laughs> pretty much. That's fun. Yeah, it is. You never had a chicken on your head? I know how to get a chicken to stay on my head. What are you doing with your life? Fight me. <laughs> So, Gold Ducat is like, hey, man, investigate this crime, mm -hmm. and I'll rub your ears. <laughs> and Oda goes, I don't have ears. <laughs> These are fake, and they're not even very good. Very bad at everything. Not good at ears. He always looks like he's about to sneeze. Oh, sure. He's so concentrated all the time, and it must be the makeup, must be the prosthetics they gave him. Mm-hmm. 
But basically, there's a murder that he wants to investigate, and so the first person he goes to is um, the widow of the deceased. Right. The woman we met in the opening scene. Yes, whose hair is different. It's a different color. You, that's how you can tell Time is it's fast. the past. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Her hair is brown, brown in this one. Yeah. And basically, she's like, yes, my husband was sleeping with someone, and I suspect that she killed him. Right. And Oda goes, uh, calling malarkey on that. You haven't even been crying. And she's like, uh, 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 I've been in such shock. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 no. What's really going on here? Mm-hmm. And then what does she say? <laughs> Sam did a great job up into that. Um, but basically, she goes, no, no, no. I want you to see the person. The, the crying thing really doesn't have any bearing on it. He just points out that Odo's observant, to be honest. Um, but they go to go see who this mistress is. Yep. And, of course, it's uh, Kira. Right. Um, who is in a terrible wig. Right. <laughs> just, her hair is piled so high. And it's way more red than it is in real life. It's like, ugh. So in this particular season of Deep Space Nine, Kira's hair is very short. Yes. In in present mm-hmm. day. Yeah, it really is. So she's got a long a big old wig. wig. Big old and nasty hairpiece. We should call wigs hairpieces even if they're uh even if they're on women, I think. I think that's feminism. That's a quality. Interesting uh, <laughs> stance to take. So we flash forward, I guess. Present day. <laughs> yeah. And we get some more Odo in his office uh, doing his log, except that it's actually him talking to Rom. Dropping a log. Hey, oh, gross. He doesn't have to do that. No, he doesn't. And what I would give to not have to do that. Well, he also doesn't drink any beverages, as he makes clear to Quark later in this. What I would do to not have to eat or drink or poop or pee or breathe. And I could just do what I wanted to do all the time. Ugh. So Odo is interrogating Rom again and gets him to picture the list when it came out of the wall and comes up with a name. Yeah, when they got the list out of the box, the idea of it, like... (laughs) Sorry, the image you put in my head is, like, pulling it out like a magician Like a magician, yeah. (laughs) It just keeps going on. I can't do... Cannot do. Oh, I cannot do a quirk impression, and it just came out like Adam Sandler. <laughs> so uh, he thinks the name is Chesso. Yes, first name on the list with an apostrophe. Mm-hmm. Right. So he tells him, "Call me day or night if you think of anything else." Mm-hmm. Then he has a little chat with Kira, and. She's trying to remember if she knows anyone with that name. And she's like, nah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> she, 
I'll give her I'll give her this. Kira does look like really nervous this whole episode. She's very intense in this episode. Yeah. Very a lot of brisk walking. A lot of a lot of West Wing energy from her girl Kira in this one. Well, Kira I feel like is always She's at a 10 most of the time. Walking with intention. Yeah. She's she's always <laughs> She's I don't a, think she's particularly over the top. But no, like, that does not. I mean, okay. she is at a 10. She's a very intense character. Yes, she's an intense character yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we then flash back again to the days of. Your. The days of your. Yes, we're flashback. We have long hair Kira again. <laughs> the days of your enslaved because we're the Cardassians and we suck. Yeah, basically. So then we have Odo sitting down with Kira and he he starts the conversation with pretty girl like you shouldn't be eating alone. And she basically tells him to buzz off, which is correct. And yes. Right. And also another very noir thing, which I thought was very fun. Yeah. And she doesn't take any guff from anybody. So uh, he sits down and he says, I'm I let me start over. Really put my 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 goo in it. Let me yeah. put my goo in my goo hole. <laughs> ew. <laughs> no, I would just like to say ew. Foot yeah. my mouth is what <laughs> what that was. But when I said, it, I was like, it's not a mouth. What is it? Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so she's saying. Uh, Odo is saying to Kira that the wife said that. Kira was having an affair with her husband and Kira says, nah, I think I got some tea from the guy once. But I'm new in town. Yeah. If he was attracted to me, then that's his business. But nothing happened. Mm -hmm. So maybe you should look elsewhere. And he's like, uh, well, where were you before? She goes, I was on Bajor working some job. And he goes, you can't leave those jobs. They're mandatory. And she goes, I punched somebody out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why? Because it's like, because I was trying to do the thing that you, I thought you were going to do, which is solicit some sort of service from her. Yeah. And he goes, oh, okay, never mind then. And now she's working, she doesn't work in the the slums with the rest of, a lot of the Bajorans. She has like a room room. You know, she's not in the camps, as it were. Yeah. Which is like context for the that that is important later, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so basically she's like, nope, nope. And he goes, you're lying, I think, but fine, whatever. I'm going to dip. Yeah. And she says last night when the murder happened, she was at the bar. Yep. I was at the bar. So. And so that... that's her alibi. Yep. So we're back in present day and Odo is asking the murdered man's wife. Oh, right. Would your husband have a, why would your husband have a list of names? She's like, I don't know a dang thing about it. Yep. Um, and basically that's the whole conversation is she just denies 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 and he's like okay right but then he gets to pull a columbo Mm. he gets the door and he goes i'm sorry one more thing yeah which is very fun Uh, and he goes your power was out Mm -hmm. uh, because you couldn't make the power payment and then yesterday all of a sudden the power's back because you were able to wire the money where'd that money come from 
And she's like, basically, that's none of your business. And he goes, it is because I'm investigating a murder and I have a warrant. Yeah. But basically, she's like, don't worry about it. She says that her friend gave her the money and that she can't give him the friend's name because her friend is married. Which I don't get why that has anything to do with that. Because she is having sex. Oh, with I her see. Yes. I'm dense. Mm-hmm. That's it. Not like our gooey boy Odo, who is a liquid. That's right. Is he? Is he a liquid? Is he a plasma? I want to say plasma <laughs> is like the closest a plasmorphic being. Yeah. I Rem- think. I think that he is. I, I think we are meant to believe that he is a liquid. Mm, he does live in a bucket. Mm-hmm. And like the Great Link when we see it is uh, a... A lake. Yeah, basically. Mm. Loch Link. It's a lake of beings. Like the water is people or whatever. You're going to hate what I'm about to say. Good, good. Is it just a pool of nut then? This is all getting very this gross. Is terrible. This is all getting very <laughs> gross. Uh. So Quark is out of surgery, but he's not conscious yet. No, he's not. He's just on an operating table. He's chilling. So Kira has, this is present day, Kira has found Chesso. And she shows Odo, like the iPhone <laughs> with his picture on it. <laughs> His dossier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's> a little. <laughs> yeah, she, she really pulls out her Galaxy XL and yeah. says, look. Okay, here's a fun game. Mm. Which crew member of the DS9 uses an iPhone and which one uses an Android? Okay. So, um, Kira uses an Android. For sure, because she wants control over the way she can design a thing. So does Odo. Odo, definitely. Um, Julian absolutely uses an iPhone. A hundred percent. Benjamin Zizka uh, still has a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. He still has a flip phone because he's like, I just need it for emergencies. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, Jadzia Dax has an iPhone. She absolutely has an iPhone. Either yeah. that or a sidekick. In my yeah. mind, she's like, what are those people? They still sell those, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, she absolutely has it. She has an iPhone, but she only uses it in, in, in horizontal mode. Yeah. Worf does not have a cell phone. He does not. He does not. No. He does not. We can all agree he does not. Miles O'Brien has an iPhone, the newest iPhone constantly. Yes. For two reasons. One... He's an engineer. Yes. Two, Keiko keeps bothering him about it. Yes. Because <laughs> they have a family plan. Right. And she's constantly like, well, if you trade in our old phone, you get the other one cheaper. And it goes like, well, if we, we just keep the old phone, we don't have to pay for any of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he is an engineer. and He, he is like... an engineer and he does like tech. All of the Star Trek characters, I think, are pretty tech staff. Does Garrick? Hmm. Oh, that is... That's a toughie, mm-hmm. right? He. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He has an iPhone and... He has a burner phone. Are you fucking kidding Of course. Me? He has, like, three cell phones. <laughs> he, has, he has 17 cell phones, all of which have a Google Voice <laughs> account 
but no ser- actual service provider. So he is off the grid. <laughs> yes. He yep. only uses Wi-Fi to call. He does not have cell service. Uh, Quark has an iPhone. Quark has an iPhone, yes. Rom has a an rose- Android. Rom has an Android. Quark has a rose gold iPhone. Yes. But yes, absolutely, Rom is an Android user. Yes. And so is Nog, and he hates it because, because uh, what's ben, Ben's kid's name again? Jake. Jake has an iPhone. Jake has an iPhone. loves it so much. And yeah. There's, this is fun. <laughs> this is a fun bit. Who else is there? Um, oh, I, we're definitely forgetting someone Morn. important. Morn? Morn? <laughs> has an ipad <laughs> and he only and he uses that to call people because he only facetimes <laughs> taking a stretch after that oh, one Ooh. goodness this is so funny if you've seen the show and if you haven't why are you still listening to this <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have tried to kind of explain what happens in Star Trek Deep Space Nine for the people. Mm-hmm. So, Chesso, this guy. If you can believe it, he's a sous chef. And he talk like this. My name is Chesso. Oh, God. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, I got to the point when I was editing it, I started doing a French accent last episode, and I did lose my mind again. I thought it was very fun. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> I'm making the past. <laughs> that is what we all sound like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out, because Chess is dead, so... Yeah, he's mad dead. Yeah. He died, wait for it, last night. Mm. He, he he fell into a pond and died. <laughs> we have another flashback, and we know that because uh, Quark's up and about, because in mm-hmm. current day, we yeah. have Quark... He's in a coma. He's in a coma. full Leia from Last Jedi-ing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he it cuts to him laughing maniacally. It's so weird. It's such a hard cut. And then he's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Spend some money on the, the Hollis weeds. Buy two for one. And then he walks off. And he does that thing that everyone in the service industry knows, which he's being very polite to a customer. And then immediately his face just shifts into, like, the most neutral. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah, absolutely. So he's talking to Odo, trying to figure out what his deal is, and Odo is just trying to solve this murder. Yeah, he's like, I want to speak to the proprietor. He goes, Do you, uh, does he owe you money? No. Are you here to arrest him? No. Then that's me. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. <laughs> it is. So he asks about Kira's alibi. Yeah. And... <laughs> And and Quark was like, yeah, she was trying to get a job, and I made us fuck. And it's very bad. It's very bad. It's very bad. And Quark and sorry, Odo doesn't believe it for a minute. No. And Odo gets very very mad at Quark. Yeah, doesn't he grab him by the lapel? He does. And he's like, listen, you. Er. <laughs> That's that's basically who Odo is, is her. Yeah. Uh. Very serious. A hundred percent serious. All the time. Yeah. Even when he likes someone and he's having fun, he's like, uh, yeah. So apparently Kira paid Quark for that alibi. Yes, which is a very fun thing. And then Gul Dukat 
emerges from the shadows and he's like, oh, how clever. Even though he's not British, but he sounds British, even though he's not. He does. <laughs> he's like, I got that weird Juilliard accent. Yeah. Uh, so he says, oh, sounds like a broken alibi. That's progress. And Odo's like, I will tell you when I have a name. Yes. So. And this is a very good Gold Dukat character moment. Mm-hmm. He's very full, you know, very confident, very. Yeah. Look at how he speaks to me kind of thing. Yeah, he goes, ooh, he's not afraid of nobody, is yeah. he? And Quark is like, hey, uh, 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 we're, we good? Because, <laughs> like, basically, he was bribed to an alibi. That's not, that's not good. And basically, um, Goldicott is like, yeah, you, you'll give me some beer or whatever, and it'll be fine, you know? Because right, right. everything is, he's a, Quark's a black market dealer. Um, but yeah, it's also interesting seeing Goldicott, like, in his full form because we see him so often after he's been demoted to whatever he's doing in the Cardassian army and then also like no longer ruling the station so it's always interesting checking in with him when he's like yes I'm in charge yeah do you feel in charge (laughs) so Odo reports to Cisco that this woman has the woman who's you know the widower. Yeah. Widow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the widow. She's been talking to all these people, and she hasn't talked to, like, just so, all sorts of weird, like, phone activity. Yeah, they've tapped <laughs> Bank her. Bank activity. They've tapped her wire, and she's called people she's never called before, like, in the last three days, that she has she's hasn't called in years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's more money in her bank account. So something's going on. Yeah. Because obviously. Right. Yeah. Super, super strange. So she, uh, Odo wants Cisco's permission to transport her here so that he can question her. And then we see Bajoran men sitting at the bar having overheard all of this. Bum, bum, ba at first i thought you were doing the prices right theme you mean that no oh yeah yes yes yes. we get a really fun like zoom out from uh odo overlooking the promenade oh and he says something that like it likes is justice a sense from my people? I don't know. These people measure and it's so corny and funny and good because it's so so noir. Yeah, justice the humans used to say was blind. All oh, right. <sighs> yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. So we get a cut back to the past. <laughs> There's a lot of intercutting between past a and lot, present. a lot, and he's interrogating Kira again, and he, she's like, "All right, listen, yeah, I lied about my alibi. I was asleep alone, like the worst alibi." And so she goes, and he goes, "You're lying again. You're bad at lying. Yeah. You're very bad at it. Stop doing it." And she is then confessing to him that she is part of a resistance. 
yes, the Bajorians are, are have formed a small resistance cell to fight back against the the Cardassian Empire, and so she came up to sabotage something. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, what a pick, 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 pickle I'm in because I'm technically working for the other guy." Well, he says that he's he's neutral here. He's just interested in justice. And but like if she's guilty that he has to hand her over to the Cardassians. Yep. And so she's saying that she like sabotaged some ore processing something or other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it tracks with something that he knows uh, has ha- had yep. happened that night. So he's like, all right. And in the midst of this, after he gets that information out of her, Ducat comes in <laughs> and like ah any progress and odo again says listen you'll have the information when i have the information so mm-hmm. he's not going to turn her over mm-hmm. unless he is sure he she's the killer like he doesn't it sounds like he's taking liking to her anyway yeah but also sympathizes with her like and her plight yeah and so, if it's not the murder, he doesn't care that she did a crime. Yeah, it's kind of deal. Business. Yeah, he's been asked to investigate this one thing, and that is it. Yeah. So, it's like, uh, nope, Ducat. This isn't her. I will tell you when I have a name. I am confident this is not her. Cut back to Quark, and <laughs> Someone... it's a guy. Watch it. There's a security guy watching over Quark, and a guy is like, Bajoran comes in and says, I has a bouquet of flowers, and is like, I just want to give these to Quark. And then he stabs the security guy in the heart and tries to smother Quark. Yes. And then Rom comes in and starts screaming. It, the worst noise I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I hate it. And it's consistent, like, they, he does it more than once in the series. It's like how Ferengi scream. Yeah. And it's just this high-pitched, warbling, awful sound. And it's, like, meant to be. It's a good job, good acting choice, but I can't stand it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. But... It's very difficult to listen to, but Odo comes in. We have saved Quark... <laughs> Yeah, he goes, you just saved your brother's life. And then there's a moment of realization Rama has. It's like, oh, I'm not getting the bar. Yeah. And then it cuts, it pans slowly down yeah. to, to Quark's face, who begins to smile, which is very good. Yeah. So Odo and Kira are questioning this. Widow, widow woman. Widow woman. Widow woman. Oh, walking down no wheat. <laughs> And they're asking her about all these people she's been contacting. I'm sorry. Greta Gerwig's widow women. Sure. (laughs) But yeah, she says, listen, you're never going to be able to prove that I killed my husband. Because I didn't. Right. She is doing some other stuff. Yeah. I'm blackmailing other people. But it has nothing to do with this crime. Right. And you can't catch me. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
Yes, it's interesting that it's bringing this up, but it really has nothing to do with that particular crime. Yeah. And so he says that he knows that she didn't kill him. He goes into his office and Kira follows him and she says, how'd you know? How'd you know? It was me. Odo realizes he's had a list of eight collaborators with the Cardassians and that's what this list was. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, Kira had figured out that some of these Bajorans were Cardassian collaborators and she did indeed kill him. Yep. The, 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 the husband, I guess. Yeah. The, the guy from before. Now, do they, do they, do they bring up why the widow wanted the list of people? I I think it's because I didn't quite catch it if they said it, but I think it's just because, you know, she wanted to confirm who they were. All right. Like, she didn't fully know who everybody was, so she wanted these names. Or maybe it was just proof. Maybe this list was proof because it was in her husband's handwriting or something. I don't know. Huh, Yeah. But yeah, Kira did it. She did. She did it all along. And Odo brings it to the point of like, I, we've we've been doing this for like a year. Why haven't you told me? And she's like, I thought it would make things weird. Yeah. And he's like, well, it, I don't think it does. <laughs> yeah. Basically, we're cool. And then it cuts to credits. It's really weird. It's really an interesting moment. I actually yeah. really like that end moment a lot. Yeah, it is. It's like... It's good, but it is, uh, it's, it's weird that there's no, because they don't bring it up again. No. Do they? They don't. You'd think that that would be like, if I, like, for example, par exemple, as we said. Par exemple. If you had um, murdered someone I knew, or like, if you had murdered anybody, and I knew about the murder, I was like, hey, have you heard of this? And then, like, years later, you're like, by the way, that was me. I'd be like, what the hell is happening? Well, okay, I think we have to think of this in the context, right? Okay. Because there's a war going on, Mm. and even though it wasn't, you know, specifically war-sanctioned battles, like... Yeah. So, Mm. if we were, were, say, in Germany, in Nazi Germany times, and later... You'd, yeah, yeah. And by, I'd been like, by the way, Tristan, I did kill that Nazi. You'd be like, huh. I don't that think seems I, fine. I, I wouldn't be that seems fine. I'd be like, yes. Right. Yeah. Get rid of him. Yeah. Out yeah. with him. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it would that's be surprising, good... but I don't think you would think less of me. I think no, you might think more. Of I would me. absolutely. <laughs> what do you think of this episode? Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like this episode. It's very, it's still very early in the series. Uh, we still have a lot of character establishment going on, but also it's such a stylized episode yeah. too. So we're definitely working within a very particular style. Um, it's a little overwrought at times. Like it could be, you know, 
10 minutes shorter than it is. You know me. I walk out of anything and I say. Could have been been shorter. Could have been shorter. Uh, But I'm, yeah, like they drew it out for effect. But it was very interesting the way they did it. I I really did. I asked you to look up the director because I thought the way it was directed was quite nice. Yeah. um, Quite well done. It's also, you know, it's also drawn out because that's how noirs are as well. Exactly. You know, and I'd also say it's it's stylized but not a holodeck episode which is really it's a really nice middle ground of like oh i see what they're doing like the fact that they give odo a oh i'm sorry one more thing yeah is very funny and charming but it's not like he's in a sherlock holmes get up right exactly it's it's a nice balance it is it is and i actually think they do it really well um yeah it's not it's not a perfect episode we also get a quite a bit of um you know history of mm-hmm. of both Odo and Kira uh Quark it's interesting cuz it starts with Quark but he's not in most of the episode <laughs> yeah yeah um but uh except in flashback but he's not as integral to the plot as uh one might have originally thought yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's really a lot about the Odo Kira relationship and establishing more of that, and that's they do a really good job of it. And it like the impression of this episode carried with me throughout the entire series, like understanding where these two characters were coming from. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it also really defines Odo and relation cures relationship together as well as like them as separate people which is very mm-hmm. you know it's really well done character building and it's it makes sense that it comes in the like first chunk of season two yeah it feels that way and it's a good it's a solid episode it i is. like it and this is coming from someone i would say this is when odo is at his best this is when i like him the mm-hmm. most because they get into this whole kind of woo-woo thing with him maybe going back to his people which are a big glob of membrane it's just a bunch of pudding it's a lake full of pudding it's a bunch of jello very reductive yes <laughs> but but they're on a high horse and think they're better than anybody they do. Else, so they, they do. can they can kick rocks yeah no they can't because they're goo <laughs> well anyway. if they transform into a rock kicking you know what's messed Device. up? When they go to the Great Link, what's really messed up is the ship lands on like an island and they're the island. Do you ever think about that? Yes. Isn't that weird? Yes. That's gross, right? Mm, I I mean, I don't want to go so far as to say an entire people is gross. They're fictional, Melissa. <laughs> they're fictional. They're not real. It's just a bunch of gack. It's hard to think about. It's weird. It's weird to, and that's a fun thing, you know, obviously about sci-fi is you're like given a concept of like, we have no idea how this would work at all. Yeah, exactly. And I, right. Yeah. That's a very heady concept um, to think about. But yeah, so I like Odo when he's like a detective and when he's like biffing with Quark, you know, and like, this is certainly he's the one, this is one of the most palatable Odo episodes for me. Um. I have trouble with the shapeshifters or the founders or whatever you want to call them uh, as well. I have a bit of trouble with that storyline as well as the the storyline about the prophets. It's a little much. 
Yeah. And when I say the founders, not in terms of where they come in the war later mm. for our Star Trek people that are listening to this, because they absolutely make sense there. It's Odo's relationship to them that I get a little bit like, <sighs> all right, I don't love where this is going. I just don't like where it takes his character, I think is what I'm saying. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And similarly with the profit stuff, I don't love where it takes Cisco's character. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those yeah. are my big criticisms about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I think. I'm the lighting too dark. I can't see anything. Also that, which is, I know I, just me. <laughs> like it's a personal preference. But can I tell you though, actually in this episode, I had the brightness cranked all the way up on my iPad and I was like, and then I like went to like tweet or something stupid. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I know. It's like worse than Solo. It's like so dark. It's very dark. It's a very dark space station, which makes sense. It's not run, you know, it's it's barely keeping it together, you know. But yeah, I I liked there were a couple of acting choices that I didn't agree with that both Kira and Odo do though. Hmm. And it's the same one, and it's when someone is speaking to them. They look down because they're ashamed, which is like something we do in real life. But it specifically happens in the last scene with Odo and, and Kira. Hmm. She looks down and she's like, well, I, I'd be worried. Um, and she goes, you know, and then Odo goes about a friendship. And then she goes, yeah. And then she looks up. But it would be so much more impactful if she had chosen an eyeline that was like a little up so we could see what's going on in her face, even though she is ashamed. Like, that's a very specific acting choice that I didn't like. Like, that's such a nitpick. I wonder, actually, I wonder if they did it a couple ways and it's how it came out in the edit. Yeah, and that's fine, too. I just, like, didn't much. I would have liked to see her have to look him in the eye. You know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? It's more, there's more of a struggle there as opposed to, because like when you look away, it's because you can't handle the situation. And if you look away and then like for a one beat and then come back up right away, it works really well. I do that all the time. That's a Tristan Miller classic. <laughs> um, but, but if you're looking down the whole time and he, and, and Odo does it too when he's being talked down to by like the Cardassians. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, and then it slowly stops happening, which is a nice bit of like physical acting. But it's still, it makes, I don't know, it, it it's hard, specifically with Odo, it's already hard to read his face. And that makes it harder because his eyes are so small because of the prosthetics and this. And again, that's a very specific thing I didn't much yeah. care for, but it's literally maybe 30 seconds of the episode. Yeah. Maybe at most. I'd give it a f- about a four. I would say about the same. Yeah. About a four. It's not the best. It's better than not a lot yeah. of the episodes, but it's not my favorite one. No, 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 no. It's Noah uh, in the Pale Moonlight. I don't know what that one is. Oh. I'm sure if you explained the plot to me, I'd remember, but I don't. I, can't, I don't know. I don't listen to a Star Trek podcast because I'm not a nerd, Melissa. Oh, Okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a loser. There's a huge difference. In the Pale Moonlight is the one where Cisco and Garrick are... Make love. 
Cisco, the only straight character on the show. <laughs> we don't know if Garrick's a, a boy. So, uh, what are genders to other aliens? That's a whole you don't know what's down there, baby. All right, so uh, we get Cisco coming to Garrick to be like, Listen, I got this Romulan senator coming, we need to convince them to join the war. Mm. And so we need to fake this. Uh, I need your help. Like, basically, I need your help getting them to believe that uh, the Cardassians are coming after them. And so they, like, do a fake transmission. And they're like, okay, it has to be a really good one. And the Romulan senator figures it out that it's a fake. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, has a very, very famous moment. Where he goes, it's a fake. Oh right. <laughs> um, and then and then they murder him and blame it on the Cardassians and they join the war. Ah, uh, yeah. So that is something. Is this the last DS Nine episode we're gonna cover? No. Oh. Okay. Are you gonna look up Voyager ones and have them out of context for you? Mm, I don't think we're gonna do that yet. Oh, I want to. I think it'd be fun. I want you to not know what's going. I love not knowing what's going on and being asked to review a piece of media. That is my favorite, one of my favorite genres of like, <laughs> I guess like reaction, you know, content of like what is happening. I have no idea who is this guy. Maybe we can pepper in the Voyager ones. It's fine. We don't need to. It's it, we're already we'll- doing four of these. How longer this is sustainable? And the listeners are like, where is Poirot? I know. Well, we'll, we'll, we're getting there. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, But yeah, I think I think maybe there's we're going to do one more Deep Space Nine. Okay. And we've been told by a couple of our listeners, a couple of uh, TNG episodes we could cover as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll revisit Star Trek. But I think we're I think we'll do one more. Okay. For now. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. All right. Sorry. Good evening. I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Gavel sound. Oh my god, we've been recording for such a long time. <laughs>